Hello and welcome to the first official episode of the You're Not High Enough podcast. Uh, It is my sincere hope that this isn't the first podcast of mine that you are listening to. I do hope that I am already up to episode 700 by now and that you have listened to all 699 previous podcasts in reverse chronological order before finding this one. However, if this is the first podcast of mine that you are hearing, welcome. Nice to have you around. Uh, The format of this podcast is going to be a little different from what you're probably used to already with other podcasts. Uh, A lot of this is going to be more free-flow storytelling of things that have definitely happened in my life. Uh, If that does sound boring to you, I, I promise it isn't. I have had some crazy adventures and These are some things that I just want to get out into the world. Um, At this point, I don't care if I have an audience of five people or 5,000 people. These are just some stories that I feel I need to tell, and I do sincerely hope that you'll enjoy them as much as I've enjoyed being a part of them. At some point in the future, my hope is that I can have a slightly more typical podcast where I'm able to have a back-and-forth conversation with actual people or perhaps have uh, some guest storytellers uh, in the interim but for now uh, you'll just have to deal with me Uh, quick introduction for myself Uh, my name is milk i am in my 30s currently living in big sky country i do work in the medical field but my true passions are writing animation music and photography And if any of you wonderful listeners out there would like to connect outside of this podcast, I will list some resources where you can find me at the end of the podcast. Um, As the name of this podcast would suggest, you're probably not high enough for the stories you're about to hear, so I would highly recommend sparking up a join if you haven't already. Maybe hit the pipe a few more times, take another fat rip from that bong or steamroller you have laying around, or maybe just take a couple shots of Jaeger. Sit back, relax, and let these crazy stories take your brain to another dimension. I remember back in sixth grade, I used to spend most of my time with Cassandra Brendeltarp. Cassandra Brendeltarp. We were two peas in a pod, her and I. I called her Cassie. There was a time out on the playground when she wanted to play dodgeball. We grabbed one of those basketball-sized, rubbery, bouncy balls, and we would take turns throwing it at each other, trying to hit the other person. I vividly remember, after a few minutes of going over the rules, she threw the ball directly at my face. Ouch. It caught me off guard. As soon as the ball made contact with my chin muscles, the ball immediately deflated, but instead of falling to the ground, it stayed hovering in the air for a few minutes like a weird, amorphous blob. It spun and undulated and congealed into a strange mass that seemed to take the shape of her ankles. Little Cassandra the Ankle Queen, we used to call her. Her grandfather gave her that nickname when he was a freshman in college. University of Pretzel. He used to tease Aunt Trendle Snap about the way her dress came just past her ankles. Her red dress, the one she'd purchased decades ago when she was just four. Her father, Jenkins McDougal, bought her that dress as an early birthday present. 
years before Cassie's grandfather and grandmother had been married, they would joke with each other about the plastic bags being left on the floor and after their dance rehearsals. They were both taking salsa lessons, but neither of them could keep a beat to save their lives. He'd tried to build a boat earlier that year, but failed miserably. He always thought to himself, Cassie the Ankle Queen. After a few minutes, the deflated rubber ball finally fell to the ground. We both stared at it in shock. Neither of us quite understood exactly what had happened. All's well that ends well, Margaret, she said to me. All I could do was laugh. It was one of those deep belly laughs. It came from a place deep within my internal organs, several inches to the lower left of my stomach region, but right above both of my lungs separately. She ran over to me and pointed out the exact spot where the laugh came from. She looked at me with those cold, dead eyes. I immediately knew what she was thinking. Before she could speak, I put a finger over her lips to stop the words in their tracks. Don't even think about it, Casbo, I said. She jumped back several yards and started winding up her legs, almost like a bull about to charge its matador. Apparently, I had struck a nerve. If I had to guess, it was most likely her sciatic nerve, which ran from the tip of her tongue and down the back of her elbow bones. At the time, I, I don't think she quite understood how ridiculous she looked. Legs flailing in all directions, the smoke now visibly exiting her nostrils. Cassie the Bull Riding Monitor. That was her nickname in fifth grade. All the kids called her that and she hated it. She did a somersault, then another, then three more. She took five steps to the left, three to the right, recited a quick poem which sounded like a language none of us had heard before, but was still very much in an English dialect. The poem went something like this. Come forth, ancient one. Christen me with your divine wisdom. Bring forth the gates of hell and open them directly into me as I allow the flow of demons directly into my soul. Bring forth all the tortured souls. Let them consume my very being. Allow them to give me the strength of forty men. Fill my spirit with fire that I may use to burn the flesh and char the remains of my enemies for all eternity. Dave Criggles looked over at me with a confused expression. I looked back at him and smiled. He knew exactly what I was thinking. But we both said out loud in unison, Operation Trunk Machines! It was so obvious. Neither of us had used this tactic in a real-world situation before. Of course, we'd gone over the details in private many times before, plotting out exactly where the first strike would take place, each move whirling into the next, with a swift fluidity not before witnessed by any of the playground regulars of those days. He ran over to me, and we both knew it was time to merge. 
Without wasting any time, he grabbed my left shoulder blade and I grabbed his right pinky finger and stuck it between my toes. It always tickled when we merged, but this was an emergency and there was no time for laughter. This was serious business. It was seriously softer than Sam had said. The paper projectile was pretty plainly passing Patty and Pamela Perkins. He tried to touch the tip of his tongue with toilet tissue, but after a few moments had passed, the merge was complete. I was he, and he was me, and we were we. My heart felt full, my soul complete. Dave and Milk together again, an unbeatable force. So there we stood, towering over the rest of the playground, Cassie, the bull-riding monitor, ankle queen, fuming with a rage the likes of which hadn't been seen before. Charged in our direction before we had time to find our bearings. She lunged with a swift, tronic ten-key punch straight for our combined solar plexus area. A direct hit. We stumbled, gasped for air. We hadn't anticipated her gravy train toppling our northernmost boundaries until at least the second inning. This was a well-calculated move, and even more executed with precision. She'd been practicing in the off-season, clearly against league rules. There was no way she could have gained this level of power since our last encounter. Her last battle had barely granted her 20 or 30 XP, yet this attack was well beyond the Kensington threshold. The Dave Milk dynamic duo decided to delicately deviate from our daring diatribe. Cassie's left ankle lay mere inches in front of our intended landing point, a mistake that would cost her the fight. Since Dave and I thought as a single conscious being, our awareness of her folly became immediately apparent to us both. Without hesitation, we brought our hands together as if praying to a higher power. A red glow grew with intensity between the palms of our hands. A whirlwind seemed to pull matter to us as our concentration intensified. The earth around our feet began to tremble. All at once, we released a ball of energy directly into her unsuspecting left ankle. A sound like a low whip-crack of thunder boomed across the entire playground. As the flesh separated from bone, she let out a foul, high-peached shriek that knocked us to the ground. We covered our ears as the ultrasonic cry echoed in all directions. All at once, Dave Milk unmerged, and we were separate beings once again. Aw, man. I slowly walked over to Cassie's side, looking down at her with pity as she lay broken and defeated on the ground. I reached down and offered my hand to help her to her feet. She reluctantly accepted, and I pulled her up. Dave was standing behind us, beaming with pride at our victory. Did you still need help with your trigonometry homework? I said with a grin. 
She looked at me for a moment before responding. All the lumps of coal in the world couldn't stop me from bending space-time, she finally said. And with that, we parted ways and never spoke again. Are you tired of coughing on your friends or people you just met? Have you ever been on a first date and sneezed all over your date's food? Have you ever visited a museum and had to leave early because you realized you only brought regular-ass cough drops with you? Have you ever been about to depart on a cruise ship headed for Venezuela or Argentina, but then realized the captain of the ship was actually a secret agent in the Italian Mafia? And so you formulate a plan over the course of several weeks to take down his empire, but then you realize that none of this is possible because your mouth has been sewn shut, and you woke up in a bathtub full of ice cubes, and all three of your kidneys and most of your ribcage has been removed? Do you also have dysentery, but your Medicaid won't cover it due to it being a pre-existing condition? Yes. Have you ever sat alone at night and wondered if life is really worth living? So you get in your car at 3 in the morning and drive up into the mountains and you find a good jumping spot. So you stand there for what seems like hours contemplating your place in the universe. But then you realize you wouldn't be able to leave this earthly existence without having one more cream of chicken flavored mouth lozenge. If you've answered yes to one or several of these questions, we here at Bartlett's think you'll love our Bartlett's Cream of Chicken Soup Lozenges. With that homemade cream of chicken soup flavor you've grown to love, our lozenges will make you feel like you're a kid again, staying home from school with either strep throat or pneumonia or tuberculosis. Our mouth-watering flavor combinations will bring you back to a simpler time. The time when your best friend Natasha Billingsworth or your other best friend Frank Tedson were still alive. Like back when you were a kid and they were your neighbors and also your classmates and you used to go out on all the field trips with them by your side. But now you're not able to do those things because they're both dead and nothing will bring them back. Wow. Nothing except for a new type of necromancy that you've been slowly teaching yourself over the past few weeks. With the right combination of spells, avatars, and Bartlett's cream of chicken soup lozenges, you'll now be able to enjoy your best friends just as they were before they died. Since you are currently an adult, you'll need to summon them into existence and let them grow up into adults before it will be socially acceptable to hang out with them again. But feeding them a steady diet of corn husks, demineralized water, and of course Bartlett's cream of chicken soup lozenges will greatly accelerate the growth process. So rather than having to wait 25 plus years for them to become full-grown adults, it will literally cut the time in half. Imagine a world where you, Natasha Billingsworth, and Frank Tedson can all be reunited again, doing all the same things you enjoyed as children. Okay. Like going on field trips to the Dallas-Fort Worth Airport, or maybe to the Indianapolis State Fair. Or you could all go to a place you've never been before, like Machu Picchu, or a tent sale. Um, no. 
All of this and more is now possible with Bartlett's Cream of Chicken Soup Lozenges. Thanks, Bartlett's. Bartlett's for me. Bartlett's for you. Bartlett's for everyone else, too. Also, Bartlett's for anyone else who would like to purchase them as well. Ron Jeremy loves you. Ron Jeremy wants to be your friend. Ron Jeremy supports your goals and your dreams. Ron Jeremy wonders why you lay awake at night. Ron Jeremy wants to fix your anxiety. Ron Jeremy wants your phone number and your social security number. Ron Jeremy wants to know how your day was. He wants to know how your week was. He wants to comfort you and hold you close. Ron Jeremy feels your pain. Ron Jeremy understands you. Ron Jeremy wants to buy sparkling water for you at least five days a week. Ron Jeremy wants to pour your drinks and bathe you and shower you with diamonds and breakfast meat. But yeah, that was a super crazy time in my life. Seems like so long ago. <laughs> but uh, it reminded me of another story. Um, it couldn't quite be explained in only a sentence. It would take years for you to fully rationalize and contemplate the thoughts expressed on the following program or not necessarily those of the owners and operators of the station. But with that out of the way, I can finally get to the point. The best way I can make you understand is with a story with a very good moral, if you pay attention. Um, there were four turtles in the forest. One day, turtle number one, let's call him Frank, met up with turtle number two. Let's call him Boines. Three days after they met, Frank and Boines decided to throw a party dedicated to the Queen of Agrabah. Sorry. That's where they met turtle number three. Let's call him Yancey. Fank and Bourgeoisie got inside the doors of the party, and they were greeted by Yancey, who seemed to be quite the fruit mire. Gyrating monkey turtles, and that's the name of my band in my head because it's just imaginary, and they, they play shows for me in my head for free. I don't have to buy tickets to get in. 
So when the, the three of them found out that they were brothers, they were pretty shocked, to say the least, but not really because they figured they were brothers since their names all sounded pretty similar. They were well acquainted when they found out the bad news. The cake that they were eating contained sauce, and that the sauce would be special sauce, like the kind they put on sandwiches in the far to greater northeastern subdivisions of the south, and that's exactly where they camped out that night in the late 1950s, but that's why they took the pencil eraser with them. Makes sense. Because if anyone found out that the last person in the house was Nicole Kidman of all people, most of the people in the area would need some sort of resuscitation until the first three quarters of the second trimester. But that's where it all began, the horrible nightmares, the tantalizingly delicious chocolate pies at the way station. How could I forget the salty meese, which is obviously plural of moose, in case you had a brain cramp at the very moment you read that line, in which, in which case the, the four most important things for you to do are as follows, and these are very important, so please take note. No. Number one, make, make a, a list, list of your, your ailments. ailments. Number two, be sure to drink as much hydrochloric acid as possible in a two-minute period to stop the internal bleeding. Number three, don't put the clothes directly on the hanger. Be sure to use the tinfoil. And number four, if you absolutely find it necessary to call the car names, please refrain from Bader, Nastage, and Krabert. As he hates every single one. But they were very good friends from that day on. The grumpy gopher sandwiches seemed reasonable enough to start with for a healthy day of eating. A nice glass of milk, maybe a bowl of cereal. It made perfect sense at the time. I mean, why wouldn't he? <laughs> there were ten other stick-shaped figures standing before him. He'd seen them before. I had seen them before. Wait, who am I? I'm not even in this story. He'd been walking down the corridor for about 20 minutes when he started to get a chill down his spine. Spooky. Something wasn't right, but he couldn't quite tell what it was. Just then, he heard a faint noise off in the distance. A sort of creaking noise. He walked faster toward it, wondering what it was. He knelt down slightly to see if he could pick up the sound. He couldn't. He was a complete failure. What a waste of time. I mean, this guy's a total loser. <laughs> he thought he could pick up the noises, but he couldn't. Three days ago were the best three days of my life. I'll tell you about them. First of all, there was this girl. Sally was her name. What a beauty. I met her at the mall and walked her out to her car and she shot me in the leg. I 
didn't feel that bad, of course, but I guess being shot was worth walking with such a gorgeous person. After that, I drove my car down the road a little bit and ran into a pole. It didn't hurt that bad either, but the next thing I knew, I was in the hospital and there were 3,467 doctors standing around me in little white coats with purple striped bandanas. I looked up at them and without further thought, I laughed hysterically until my lungs bled. It was the greatest laugh I've ever had. They were the funniest doctors I've ever seen. After I got home, I took a nap and when I woke up, all my clothes had turned colors. Why did they turn colors? It was the strangest thing I had ever seen. The colors were swirling too. Weird thoughts were running through my mind. Either the doctors had given me some awesome pain pills or I was truly going insane. I'd hoped for the first option, since that would mean I'd have more in a bottle somewhere. I didn't really know what was going on. There I sat. Or laid, rather. For hours. Maybe I was just high on life. I could be so happy to be alive that it's all just overwhelming. But if that's the truth, I think life's a trip. Could you please give me another hit? Just in time for next Thanksgiving. Have you ever been in a situation where you've thought to yourself, Man, this turkey baster is great. But now that I have carpal tunnel and osteoporosis in my liver and heart, I'm just not able to squeeze it the way I used to. Basting turkeys used to be a breeze, but the breeze has died down. And I feel the darkness and despair in the pit of my stomach. I feel the cold embrace of death looming just around the corner. I wake up every morning wondering if today will be my last day on this planet. Please, God, please, just take me. Just make this stop. I don't think I can handle this anymore. Take me. Take me. Well, now you can put those worries behind you with Smith & Torvald's electric turkey baster. Just a quick flip of a switch and you'll be basting turkeys like your will to live is still alive and well. With the ETB 6000 model, you'll be able to baste up to six whole turkeys on a single charge. And with the newly released AA battery powered ETB 4000, you'll be able to baste up to four whole turkeys before needing to replace the batteries. Seven years ago, I was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia and irritable bowel syndrome. After months and months with no relief, I finally decided to give Smith and Torvald's customer service department a call. After an hour and 20 minutes on hold, I was finally able to reach an agent. I was offered two different models of their electric turkey basters. One with the rechargeable battery and the other one which takes regular AA batteries. 
I decided that for my needs, the AA battery operated unit would work best for me. Six weeks later, my unit arrived in the mail, and I haven't gone a day without using it. I've found that it's useful for much more than just basting turkeys. Just last night, the power went out in our RV. I, I've never found much use for flashlights, but I remembered the ETB 4000 electric turkey baster has a string of 36 LED lights that line the handle of the baster. I popped in seven fresh AA batteries and I was able to get a good 16 minutes of light. The, the power didn't end up coming back on for another few days, but I'll tell you what, for those 16 minutes, I felt like a million bucks. I ended up going to the emergency room later that night with second-degree burns on my hands from the intensity of the LED lights. But they really did come in handy during the power outage. Thanks, Smith and Torvald. You've made a believer out of me. So remember, folks, when you think turkey basters, think Smith and Torvald's electric turkey basters. Turkeys for you, turkeys for me, with Smith and Torvald's ETB. So that's about going to wrap it up for this episode. I very much hope you've enjoyed listening and will continue to tune in for future episodes. I do want to really quick give a huge shout out to this episode's sponsors, Bartlett's Cream of Chicken Soup Lozenges and Smith and Torvald's Electric Turkey Basters. Most new podcasters have to be around for a little while before gaining sponsorship, but I've been blessed to know some really great people who were able to hook me up with some amazing business contacts. Um, but that aside, uh, if you do have any comments, questions, concerns, etc., I am available at all the major social networks on Instagram at you're not high enough. That's all spelled out. Y-O-U-R-E-N-O-T-H-I-G-H-E-N-O-U-G-H. Or you can also reach me through my Twitter handle at Y-N-H-E podcast. And uh, I should hopefully have a website up and running sometime in the near future. Um, but social media is definitely the way to go for the time being. Uh, but again, thank you all so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, uh, definitely take a moment to subscribe or leave a comment. If you hated it, also shoot me a message. Let me know what you thought so that I may be able to improve future episodes. Constructive criticism is always appreciated. Um, but from my Plorfkin brain hole to your Crenshaw Trendle snaps, I would like to wish you all a merry flap train and a happy sentient lifespadge.com.